laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. I don't go like, how do I frame this argument? I found a funny punchline. It's like magic trick. Like, I'm like, ooh, I got a good thing. Like, I'm, I have no integrity as a, uh, no, that is the- as an arguer. I'm just like, I have a good punchline here. I have a good punchline here. How do I remove everything in between and make it keep making sense? Or can I add another fun? Like, I am purely, I think people think about things differently. Because so, so, there is a way to do it where you can come, you can, I'm not to say you can't create comedy from like an argument and then putting the, but like, I just don't do it. I'm like, I'm just, oh, I found something. I found a good piece here. And I'm just purely trying to make the, um, try to get from one thing to another. Hey everyone, before you start this episode of You Can't Laugh at That, be sure to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you give us five stars so that the algorithm works in our favor so we can get this podcast out to more people. Because the point of this podcast is to prove that anything can be funny. So whether you're trying to write a joke about this topic or you're having a hard time finding the humor in any given situation, we want to be able to say, hey, point to whatever episode this is and you can see that it's okay to laugh at whatever topic that episode is about. That's our point. That's why we're here. So if you could do that, that helps us a lot. Share with your friends. Follow us on social media. Like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That. Follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. And if you become a patron at patreon.com forward slash You Can't Laugh Pod, you'll get access to hours of footage that's never been seen or heard from any of these episodes. We've got bonus footage from episodes with Greg Stone and Anthony DeVito and Mary Santora and John Armstrong. I mean, so many different episodes with bonus content that you've never heard before. Patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod for $5 a month that you get access to all kinds of exclusive footage. Follow us on social media, rate us, share us with your friends, talk about us at dinner. And remember that no matter how difficult things may seem, no matter how stressed you may be, there's always a way to laugh at that. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to You Can't Laugh At That. This is the podcast where we take topics that you can't laugh at and that we prove that you can by bringing on comedians who have done just that. Uh, today's guest, well, first of all, my name is David Horning, and uh, with me today is in replacement of Steve Mers, who is on some mission uh, with a camera somewhere, uh, probably shooting eh, some unmentionable video. Uh, today we have Jeremy Demery as in the uh, co-pilot's chair. Jeremy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not coming from the Bay Area like some yeah. people. Some people <laughs> sorry, do around Jeremy here. Don't, Jeremy don't need no background filters. I don't need and, no background. I just blur it out so you don't see all the like weird shit I have in this room. Yeah, just a bunch of like gimp suits and stuff oh, hanging up. Here's a, little, here's a little preview. Oh yeah, no. They you don't want to see this kind of weird shit. 
That's you have a face uh, for radio, Jeremy. <laughs> you have a room for radio. And uh, joining us today, he does not have a face for radio. He has a face for all occasions. He is uh, the very funny Brian Parisi, who is a uh, comedy writer. He's written for uh, Last Week Tonight. He's written for Patriot Act. He's been on New Faces. Uh, He performs all over New York, uh, festivals around the country. And you produce a show called The Pasta Show in Brooklyn. Is that still a thing? That's that died during the pandemic. So I have not not yet brought it back. Uh, I may someday, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining the podcast, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Where are you based out of? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, So yeah, I live in uh, like Fort Greene. and I've been here for, I've been in New York now for like kind of a while, uh, maybe like nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Originally from uh, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. 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 I grew up in Massachusetts. Uh, I started comedy down in the DC area and then moved up here. Okay. Okay. How long were you doing it in DC before you made the move? Probably about six years. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay. So you had like a decent body of work. So you weren't just like walking into the New York comedy scene, like kicking it yeah. out. Yeah. I had art, I had done I had done Montreal like sort of right before I moved. So yeah, I had I had kind of done um and, and gotten in at the clubs down there before moving up here. But it's funny because it doesn't uh help. <laughs> like it helps in the sense of like you're better, but it doesn't uh it's not like they're like, Oh, you're from a you you came here from a different city? Okay. Like, <laughs> no you know, one here's done that. <laughs> yeah, it's like every you know, so nobody <laughs> It's great to come here and like nobody cares, and you're just like uh, at the open mic level again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that was fun. Even with JFL, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, I think I probably also did a bad job. Like I, you know, I didn't really know how to. I've never been good at like the networking element of comedy, and uh, I don't even know that I would like tell people that I had. I'd just be like, "Hey, I can't like, I can't. I just moved here. Can I be on your on your comedy? Like, I, you know, I'm." I'm and then, like, after about a year, people were like, hey, like, tell people that you have this credit and, like, send a clip. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it just, I've never known anything uh, Got it. early on. So. Got it. And it still feels weird to just be like, hey, Brian Brady, JFL, you may recognize me. Uh, from yeah, I mean, th- this is one of the new faces. Yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, deeply, who cares? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. That, that's just everyone's first impression for me. Oh, the guy who just <laughs> introduces himself by his credits. Cool. Right. Yeah. If I would have known any better, you look like a professional fencer. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. The facial hair is very, like, I could wield a sword. You uh, do. You look like you'd wield a sword. Yeah. There's a, there's a Zorro element to it. Mm-hmm. That's a, an onstage persona that you haven't tapped into. There's not enough comedians who bring, uh, who, who who bring, bring Zorro energy. Weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my ob- observational humor for the podcast for, uh, <laughs> for those who aren't watching. Yeah, Jeremy's just practicing how he's going to introduce you uh, if you ever host this show that you're on. (laughs) That's what that was. Uh, Cool. So let's go from there into uh, what we want to talk about here today. And that's those goddamn immigrants. Uh, I listened. uh, What a transition. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are some cases where I will If they stop the pod there, we all get canceled. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's it. Just take it out of context. That's the whole thing. Well, except for me, I'd be fine. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you that. We'll, yeah. We'll get we'll, into that later. 
Yes, we will. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, your album, Last Wishes, uh, that came out in 2000. Uh, last Was it last summer that it came end out? Of, end of last year, like uh, last around, year. Yeah, around the election. Okay. All right. Cool. Actually, it came yeah. out on election day, which, by the way, if you're ever releasing an album, terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> really? I, I would think after all, <laughs> all of that just bombardment of negativity and toxicity that just like, let's laugh. Well, it was still happening at that point, I think was the thing. But yeah, it was more, it's more just like if you're trying to post on social media about something, you know, yeah. election yeah. day. Yeah. I remember like I'm writing the post like, hey, uh, I know everybody's kind of paying attention to other things, but, uh, you know, I know the future of the country is sort of up in the balance. But if you guys could check out my album. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was like right. the world's longest election day, too, because it yeah. went on for like, what? 10 days later, it seemed like and to some people it's still happening. <laughs> Where at least like the first time, uh, or the, at least the, the one time Trump won, we found out the next morning, you know, right. It was like one of those band-aids. You get just got to tear the right the fuck off and then, okay, cool. We can move on with our lives. Right. So what Jeremy's saying is your album should have come out at election day, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed my chance. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, th- and this was one of the issues in the election was uh, was immigration, uh, immigrants, mm-hmm. and then the way you build this bit uh, kind of subverts that in in a few different ways, and I want to get into that. Um, so we'll play the bit, we'll talk about it, and then go from there. So uh, I don't know if there's any way you want to want to set up the bit. Uh, where, where was the album recorded? Oh, I was in D.C. It was in Washington D.C. at a. Um in, in the, the, called, the place called the Big Hunt, it's a bar in DC. It's like in the basement of it, um, and, a, and a place uh, that's the name of the bar, but it's called Underground Comedy DC. Um, and it's a great, you know, uh, they're great, and they have. I think that place is maybe like not happening right now. I'm not sure what the future of that place is uh, after the pandemic, but they're still doing shows, um, like at different venues in DC. I tell you what. I am sick and tired of these immigrants, mostly my father. He came here from Italy, these immigrants. They always want you to call home so they can tell you to get a real job. It's like, maybe I'd have a real job if you weren't stealing them all, Dad! I could be a marketing guy, you know why? Because I'm a real American. I was born in this country. I didn't float over here on a goddamn ravioli. (laughs) Born in the USA. I don't care if I literally wouldn't exist without you. You don't come to my country and teach me how to play little league baseball. (laughs) Fucking immigrants with their golf shirts and their sleep apnea. (laughs) Hey, immigrants, why don't you try staying awake through the whole movie just once? Before you say it wasn't as good as The Godfather. How do you know? You were asleep in the recliner, sweating like a room temperature pepperoni. Shut up, Dad! Shut up! I don't actually hate immigrants. Um, just the one. <laughs> All right. Uh, did this bit start with your dad, or did it start with immigrants? Kind of take us through the conception of it. Um, it was always my dad. Yeah, it was always, um, yeah, I don't have another bit that's like these goddamn immigrants and then I just don't bring him into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I talk about immigrants. I, I hate, I, get, I hated him, you know, and just all the things I hate about. No, it was, uh, it's always my, da- it's always been my dad. You know, I think the basic idea of it is to make fun of parody, 
you know, some of the language that's used when people talk about immigrants. But the interesting thing is like when you make it one person who, you know, it's just like, I'm just airing grievances that I have with a person. And I think, you know, a lot of what immigrant hate is, is misdirected grievances. So I'm kind of just doing that live, very transparently airing shit about my dad, which is also just fun for me as a comic to find a way in the midst of a bit to talk shit about my father. Um, you know, so that, that's, I mean, that's kind of the idea. Um, it, it definitely changed a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. It changed a lot. Like it, it wasn't one of those bits that just like came out and worked. It was like, it always had part of it working. And then there were definitely a lot of times when I was like, Oh, can't do that. Ooh, gotta do this a little bit. Like, so it definitely took a while to make it work the way I, I wanted it to. And honestly, it was one of the bits that like occasionally you would get an audience that was wrong for the bit. And so I was a little, I wasn't that worried going into the album recording, but like in the week when I was like running the whole, you know, album in the weeks before, like it was one of the bits that like, it didn't bomb, but it like, it wouldn't quite hit right. And I think it's just, if you get a crowd that's very woke and liberal and like, you know, they're on, like, they, they, they'll get like, they'll get it eventually. But when you first start with it, the, just the, these goddamn immigrants, like as soon as you hit, like, they're like, Oh, whoa. like they're like, they jump ship immediately. Well, you and hit then one of those they're in the water words. and they'll sort of like start to paddle back to you. And like, by the end of the bit, you might get them on board, but it, it hurts the bit to have people being like, wait, is this okay to laugh at for like 30 seconds? So there's that crowd. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's people that were going to cheer when I said these goddamn immigrants. And then <laughs> you say mostly just my father. And they're like, Oh wait, what? Like, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's that other crowd that if you head, you know, uh, out into the country enough, like people were just, you know, ready to like uh, rally behind me. And mm -hmm. uh, you know um, so, so you, so like there's that thing of like, and then they don't agree with the rest of the bit. Cause I'm making fun of them basically. Uh so those are the two pitfalls that you would run into, you know, just going around to different audiences doing this, doing this bit. But yeah. Right. And, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this bit, because as a comic, I love it. I love the parallel. I love the, uh, I mean, you subvert the expectation right away. You know, I'm sick and tired of these immigrants. And, you know, you can kind of feel the uh-oh from the audience. And I love that. I love working in that, that tension you know, having been built and then mostly my father and you can kind of feel the exhale uh, from the audience in the recording itself. And uh, I mean, I, I would assume that that's the case in, in a lot of, a lot of times when you bring that to the stage, was that, was that a way to kind of bring those more woke audience uh, members back? Because you quickly. Oh, I mean, uh, you have to get off of that yeah. ASAP. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, you, I could do it for another line, but I mean, the other thing is people aren't, if I wasn't, I wasn't starting with that bit. Let's put it that way. So by the time you've gotten there, you kind of know me a little, you know, enough to know that I'm probably not about to, you know, so you're sort of there a little bit already, but yeah, the idea is basically like cut that out pretty quickly. And I don't leave a lot of pause in there because I, I literally 
all it takes is one woo to ruin the vibe of that mm-hmm. bit. And if somebody woos in between these goddamn immigrants and mostly just my father, whoa, there's no it's coming back from that. It's a different yeah. vibe. The crowd starts looking at that guy because it's ha- it ha- it's happened. And even if people are jokingly wooing at it, it's like you don't even want to jokingly woo that. Yeah. So it's like I I'd give as little I was giving as little space as possible for someone to boo it, which they could rightfully do, or woo it, which is even worse. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just you know I wish people would just shut up and let the comedy happen to them, but unfortunately. They're living, breathing people and they react in ways. And so, uh, so like, yeah, that was one part of like doing that was just to get to really quickly, but also just to like not leave room for people to ruin it. Yeah. Was there, is there, was there a specific occurrence that uh, stands out to you as the moment where you were like, Oh fuck. (laughs) Well, so like, yeah, I was in, I was doing um, a gig at like, it was, um, I don't want to, I don't know the na- exact name of the town, a rural town in Virginia uh, at like a big sports bar setup. And it was like, uh, it was not, you know, not a great setup uh, for, for what I do. Uh, like, and I remember like they were, yeah, they were drunk. It was slop, but it was also like, you got the vibe in there. Like, you know, if I had said, uh, vote Biden. I would have got booed out of the, like, you know, you could tell a little bit of a Trumpy room. Um, and so I knew, you know, typically I, avo- I will, I'm not a brave comic. Like I don't make bravery my thing. Like if I have enough time to do other stuff that people won't dislike, I'll just do that. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need to be like, these people need to hear. Like, if I know you're not going to like what I'm going to do, I'm a fucking coward. Like, I will just, all right, well, I've done, like, I, I've done gigs where I just, I'll take my set and I'm like, well, I know I'm headed to wherever, uh, Southern, fill in the blank Southern city. Uh, and, you know, I'll just cross out. Okay, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing mm. this. So, um, so this is a bit that I, I probably could have crossed off this thing, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a timing thing or whatever, but I was like, let me see. Uh, so when I say I'm sick and tired God, of these goddamn immigrants, like there was a little bit of like, we're on board. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then I said, like, this is all in my head. And I say, mostly just my father. And then it got weird. Cause they're like, oh, whoops. We, like we just wooed fuck this, fuck these immigrants. And now this guy's the son of one. Like, so there's that moment uh, yeah. and people don't, ex- you know, and I'm white. So people are like, people don't even think of white, Im- you know, because when people hate immigrants, they don't hate white immigrants. <laughs> they hate, you know, immigrants of color. Like that's, that's the thing is that it's just racism. Yeah. Um, so it was this weird moment. And then I go and do the rest of the bit and like, you know, it's like, I'm making fun of them at that point. Mm. I'm saying, you know, um, uh, something like, uh, you know, uh, whenever I say like, he, he's the only reason I even exist or so, you know, I'm like pointing out that like, this is stupid and makes no sense. And so they don't love that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that started good for the wrong reasons and, and then suffered, um, yeah, for the right. It's interesting, but yeah. So that one was, but then I've also just had like, yeah, like really woke audiences that take too long to get like, guys, I'm not saying it. Like, you get it's like a joke. 
It's like I'm talking about my dad. We yeah. use one of their trigger words, so mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you do. I mean, you do quickly turn it. Uh, you know, you came from here from Italy, uh, and then and then you make like everything very specific to your dad, calling home so they can tell you to get a real job, uh, which is funny because then you can play into the to the they're taking our jobs trope, right? Right there, which is uh, that's I, I feel like that's the angle a lot of comics take when it comes to talking about immigration, just how stupid that argument is. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you I've do heard, it. Yeah. You do it like like Stan Hope does it, uh, like Andrew Schultz does it. Uh, I was just watching clips of them. That's why I'm citing them specifically. Um, Norm MacDonald talks about it. So it's 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 been done, but you do it in a very specific, like one person uh, way yeah. that kind of highlights the absurdity of that argument. Like you don't have a problem with immigrants. You have a problem with your dad. It's... And like you were saying, it mis it, it kind of calls out that misplaced anger that people who hate immigrants have. Like, right? What it's usually that that hatred usually comes from a misunderstanding or an insecurity or a fear of the unknown uh, versus actually like having it a legitimate reason for for not liking people. And so, I think you draw attention to that in a way that that is funny. Have you done it in a in one of those like rural rural rooms uh, where it has worked all the way through? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't. I also don't think like all rural you know rooms are like filled with like race. Like you know, I've right. done rooms where I'm like, this is fine. Like there's just certain there's just certain rooms where like you know that you get from the reactions and the energy that like they're going to be like that. But yeah, it's it's worked in a lot. Of, I mean, I wouldn't do. I mostly don't do. I'm okay doing comedy that like a room full of Trump supporters are not going to like clearly like my album, like there's whole parts of my album that just don't, I have racial stuff where I I joke about how there's too many white people in the, in the country. Like that, I doesn't work. I've done it. (laughs) It doesn't, doesn't work, but I'm okay doing that. But for the most part, I try, I try not to do ones that are like, only gonna work in the wokest environments too you know like Mm -hmm. i do like it to be like like pretty broad if i'm gonna um stick with it and and you know be putting like or at least i try to get it there um so because you know it's like if you just if it's people just cheering and agree like if they like the bit because they really agree like that sucks (laughs) you know you you want it to be because it's funny so um yeah, I, I've seen it work in both places, but it definitely has like pitfalls. Yeah, you got to build the connection first. Like you, that's to me, regardless of who's in the room, like that's rule number one. How can I connect with them first? Right. And then as as they, that trust builds, then I'll try to sneak in something where, you know, maybe I'm on the fence about whether or not they're going to be on board with this. But that's like half the fun is like we built this trust. So you know, like any good relationship, there's going to be some, some misunderstandings and disagreements and yeah, I'll win you back. I swear. Yeah. Uh, that, that push and pull, like, is that something that, um, I mean, you, you know, you say, you said earlier that, that you're not, you're not brave on stage, but that push and pull is almost like a, a necessary part of the audience comic relationship. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, uh, 
I think when you're on stage, like whatever you're doing, like, I mean, I guess I every, every time we talk about courage or bravery in comedy, it just sort of feels like, I don't know. There's people who have like legitimately <laughs> dangerous jobs. Yeah. And I always feel goofy, <laughs> like the bravery of you saying that bit about, it's like, oh my God, how full of ourselves can we be? Like nothing about like, we're all cowards to just even be doing this. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> within that world, I do think, yeah, there is some element of like, yeah, you have to, you're pushing back and forth with them. Um, I just think some people get a little too like, I don't know. I'm not that idealistic about it. It's like at the, I always look, I was brought up in comedy and, and taught, I guess is the word that like the number one thing once you're in the room is like, how do I get this group of people here? Even if I don't like them to laugh. And if some people will just like, you know, never, you know, you do what you do and only what you do. Like there's a strict adherence to like, and it's like, I'm never going to go up there and be like, Trump's the bit, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I'm also going to go like, well, if I have 30 minutes that these people would like, I'll do that. Like, why, why would I do the 30 that I know they won't like, you know? Yeah. So I just, I, I don't get super like, it's like, I do what I want to do and I'm only doing, you know, my stuff that I believe in, but it's, uh, I, I don't know. I'll throw, I'll, I'll, de I've definitely done like, all right, well, we're doing the sex ones. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're losing the, that there's, we're losing the too many white people and we're putting in a couple of porn jokes or something. Cause I foresee that that's going to go better in this like half paying attention sports bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's on brand. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, I haven't done a sports bar in a minute. I uh, can't wait to, I'm, I'm doing one when I'm in South Carolina. So I'm super excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just get, get political and serious. They love that. Just open up with, well, Trump was wrong about everything. Oh man. <laughs> They're going to love I that. had ones. I was doing ones at like a, this, Southern beach town to not be names, but it was like, yeah, it was doing stuff that I was like, <clears throat> they were getting uptight about stuff that I'm like, Oh my God, who cares? Like, you know, it's funny that it's like sometimes the free speech crowd is like the most uptight about yeah. stuff. That's like, Oh my, I thought we were doing the free speech thing. It's like, well, only the stuff that we, <laughs> yeah. Right. Our kind of free speech. Yeah. You're say, free to talk about what we want to hear. Yeah. Make me feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge um, my beliefs. <laughs> uh, that's um, that's a whole other can of worms, but I want to open this can of, uh, can of ravioli. Um, so when you, when you start bringing up, you, you know, you being born in this country, you didn't mm -hmm. float here on a goddamn ravioli. Like, yeah, uh, that's an absurd use of a stereotype. Uh, Thank you. Which it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. I mean, did you play with other, uh, other jokes there, other visuals. Um, I'm trying to remember what I had there. I mean, the big thing that I think I changed was I think I always had at least I didn't float over here on a goddamn because my dad actually came over on a boat, mm -hmm. and I and I do think that one immigrant thing that's interesting is that if you fly here, we're fine with it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like if you walked here or you came here on a boat, and I, I'm sure people have done bits about this, but like it's a di and it's you know it relates to like class, right? It mm -hmm. relates to class and race. Um, so I, I was just sort of, yeah, playing with the idea that like, you know, you floated over here um, is something that I'm sure people have, you know, I, I've heard like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I've heard jokes about, 
or, or people, you know, refugees sort of washing up on show, the way we think mm-hmm. of that. So I was just kind of doing like, what's the Italian version of that, um, that I could be hateful uh, <laughs> toward my dad with. And so I landed there. But the, the thing that I played with the most was at the end of the bit, uh, sweating like a room temperature, pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I ended with making fun of my dad, dad's sleep apnea. I was trying to keep it real. These are all real things that I uh, find annoying about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, 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 toward the end, at one point I was kind of like throwing out like Guinea, which is like a, you know, a slur for yeah. Italian people. Mm-hmm. And it just was a little bit too much. And I remember I did the, I, I did the joke that way for a little while. I, I've done the joke in front of my dad before. There, there was just a moment where I was like, I don't know. It, it, it felt like I could find a better way to end this where it's clear that I'm not just like finding ways to do, I don't know, like kind of like, am I, am I hitting Italians on this? Like the point yeah. of this isn't to like, be like these fucking guinea. Like, you know, it's your <laughs> point of it is to do parody. And like, if that doesn't come across exactly. So I, I, I switched that a little to something a little more jokey um, at the end, which I think was like a better way to go. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's most of where the changes were. And then just trying to figure out different ways in at the beginning that made it clear what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And the way you escalated at the end, uh, I mean, that's, that's like, that, that's, I mean, classic, you know, uh, you, you start with the, the golf shirts and the sleep apnea, but then like you escalate your, your emotion too. like, mm-hmm. you can feel kind of, uh, the, the anger in the bit kind yeah. of coming through in a way that's, that's absurd. And then it gets to the point where it's like, uh, falling asleep or, or staying awake. Why don't you try staying awake through the, the whole movie just once? Like, yeah. that's an absurd final beat that you're like this worked up about this. It's like, yeah. Well, I legitimately hate this about my dad. Uh, yeah. And that, I think that's why, why it kind of works is because it's like, it's he will fall asleep 10, 15 minutes into a movie yep. in the fucking work. Not because it's a boring movie, but because he fucking has sleep apnea. And when he gets in a recliner and he kicks it back and he's just eating a big meal or whatever, the dude's not going to make it. So (laughs) he falls asleep and then he'll wake up like the last 20 minutes in the movie. Be like, this stinks. Are we still watching? (laughs) Like, and it's like, we all, you, it stinks because you don't understand what's happening because you missed the entire movie. (laughs) Like just like, if you're going to fall asleep during the movie, you shouldn't have an opinion. At the end, right. you just go, oh, I fell asleep. And it's it's not like he thinks in his mind, I like the whole podcast is just going to be me fully airing this grievance, but <laughs> he, he thinks it's because he had like, he thinks it's like a, like a sense that he has that like, if it's a boring movie, that's why he fell asleep. I mean, like, you have fallen asleep. I've seen him over the years fall asleep through every genre of movie. He will fall asleep during a, a Jason Statham movie where we're going from like car chase to explosion to bankrupt. Like, it's not like he's just snoozing during like, you know, like, like British period pieces. Like it's, <laughs> so it, it just, it drives me crazy that he doesn't get that. It's like, dude, you fall asleep during movies. You have no, it's not about the movie. It's about you. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so funny. Both of my parents do it. So yeah. like if I, I ever go over there for dinner or whatever, and then like, oh, let's watch a movie. I'm like, how about we, let's not do that because yeah. I'm, I end up being the only one who's watching the movie. Right. Right. <laughs> and then at the end, you know? Yeah. Especially uh, they'll have like strong opinions on what movie you're picking. And you're like, you're not going to be yeah. conscious <laughs> through this. Let me, maybe you don't want to watch it, but like, I'll like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, my dad is the exact same way. Like everything you said, from golf shirts to sleep apnea to falling asleep during movie to you don't know, come to my country and teach me how to play little league. Like, I mean, it just that—that's all real, uh, real across the board dad stuff. Yeah. Like. Now for yeah. the now for the gotcha question: How long have you been a <laughs> self-loathing Italian? <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, probably my entire life. Yeah, from the get go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, it's fun. It's funny. Like I do. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I do feel like there's people who have like such like, and I'm working on a bit about this now, but like the Italian pride can be like real hot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've always been like, I love, you know, I love, I obviously love Italian people. I love the food. I, I can speak the language a little bit. I, I like uh, went abroad there when I was in college. Like I love it, but it's like, people are so like, uh, like people get touchy about it. Um, yeah, I had a bit about, uh, Columbus that people would get. (laughs) And I just remember being like, guys, who cares? What are we? Yeah. Yeah, uh, The whole Italian pride thing was always very confusing to me because that in my mind, that means your ancestors at one point, I don't know, right around world war two, were on the wrong side of history. Yeah. And no one really talks about the Italian involvement in World War II and which side they yeah. were on. Like, they were it's, just it's never funny, really. It's, it's funny that you're saying that because I literally, uh, I now have a bit where I, I mention that, um, where I talk about uh, what I'm making fun of, like, white allies. And I say, because uh, I'm, I'm making fun of, like, you know, historically speaking, uh, like white allies are white, white people are allies the way Italy was an ally in world war two. Like, <laughs> That's like good. kind of on, kind of on the wrong side for the first half. Yes. You know? Um, <laughs> and so it's in a different, it's in a separate bit, but yeah, that it, it, I think about that all the, all the time, but I mean, whatever, every, uh, you know, I don't think our culture really gets judged on like what they, whatever worst thing they did historically. Cause then, I mean, Jesus, we're all the worst. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, to me the the, the pride the pride belongs in the food area because Italian food is just amazing. Um, so it doesn't belong with our like historical figures. Uh, Maybe that's why they were so culturally acceptable because uh, Italians never really made too spicy of a dish. You know what I mean? Like these Mexicans <laughs> came by with their jalapenos and their spicy tacos, and it burned the white people's mouths, and they're like, "Fuck Mexicans!" And then Italians come in with this nice red sauce, not too spicy of a meatball, nice palatable <laughs> dishes. <laughs> I, lo- I love this retelling of history. That's not true. Yes. <laughs> first Mexicans get here and then they burn everyone's mouths. And, and then they're like, poisoning us. And, and I love it. It's great. I'm just going to, I'm going with that from now on. That's the You history. can have it. And, and that's why we no like Scandinavians so much. Yeah. There's no right. flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't betray our Midwestern uh, palates. Swedish yeah. meatballs is the number one dish in America because it's never 
wrong to Is anybody. It? No, I have no idea. Oh, uh, I th- for a second. Do you see how that affected me? Yeah. When you yes. said Swedish, we I like I was like, oh no, like are you serious? Like I was about to just hate. Like I wouldn't have been able to get off of that. Fucking. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry I hit your trigger word. <laughs> you Swedish did. Did you see meatballs. my? I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh that's my your, God. That's no. your version of woke Swedish meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, Italians. We got to rally. We got to take back the meatball wars. Yeah. From IKEA. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, and, and I'm always, I, I love the Columbus bit. And uh, I wanted to take this episode in two directions, either the Italian pride direction or, or the, uh, the immigration uh, direction. But um, I wanted to go with, with the immigrant bit. But I mean, so my girlfriend used to live in Cleveland's Little Italy. And on I didn't know you guys day. had one. Yes, we do. Congratulations. Thank yeah, you. it's 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 a I mean, it's a cool neighborhood. Um, a lot of good Italian spots. It's cool if you're white. Actually run by Italians, unlike New York's Little Italy. No, it's cool <laughs> if you're white. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is true. It's it's not known for uh, they're not known for being kind uh, to oh. the uh, to the, the those of the darker persuasion. Um but they have a, a little uh, Christopher Columbus parade every single year. And to me, that's baffling because, yeah, the guy was Italian. And but the, you mentioned it, you know, wasn't a great dude. But also he didn't even discover America under the Italian flag. Like he did that shit for your rivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are we still why are we still celebrating right. the guy? That's always a question that I've had that, that baffles. But but when I ask an Italian, it's like, listen, man. Yeah. All right. All right. We yeah. did it on Spanish ships. Yeah. Spanish yeah. money. Yeah. Under the he planted the Spanish flag. Like what? <laughs> That's that. That would be like if the American basketball team were like, you know what? We're going to do this for Russia. They haven't won one in a while, and they're going to give us more money. <laughs> so we're gonna. So Kevin Durant's like <laughs> wearing one of those like Russian. I don't know. That wasn't. That's my analogy here. I like the picture of Kevin Durant wearing a Russian uh, hat. Yeah, they're all just wearing capes or whatever the fuck they do over there. I don't know. <laughs> I like how we're this, we're talking about the issue of immigration all seriously, and then we're like, fucking Russians, right? Though yeah. wearing capes and shit. <laughs> Hold on, that's actually kind of appropriate. <laughs> oh, wearing a marks for the those listening to the podcast. <laughs> He's wearing a Marxism. I, I don't know shirt, why all of my bits today have been like visuals. Yeah, right. You need to respect the medium, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> there was one other piece of this bit before we move on to the this land is your land uh, that I wanted to um, kind of dive into was the uh, the you know you talking about being born in the USA, and then the next line is I don't care if I literally wouldn't exist without you. Was that placed to kind of make that that sneaky little like immigration like like here's my position on it but yeah. i'm gonna sneak it in yeah i'm doing i'm doing a couple things during the bit where i'm kind of going in two directions i'm doing the whole thing with the tone of a rant against immigrants and some of this like types of things they say float over here on a ravio like you know i'm kind of paralleling it but then as i'm doing that i'm also pointing out at different points where I think, you know, kind of their arguments fall apart, right? Which is that, um, you know, (laughs) this is a country of immigrants. Like we wouldn't exist 
without them. When I'm, when I'm saying I wouldn't be here without you, I'm kind of pointing that out. Um, and then when I say like, uh, I think even when I'm saying like, uh, you know, you don't come to this country and teach me how to play little league baseball. I'm pointing out that like, these are people who just like, you know, do like they're, you know, they're people and they're Mm -hmm. doing things. uh, They're bringing, uh, they're making us who we are. Um, so to me that it's just sort of like the undercurrent of like where I stand, um, but not taking too much away from really where I'm headed, which is like a, you know, I, I'm peeking at, at, uh, hatred and, mm-hmm. um, and like parody of, a, of an immigrant man. But yeah, there's a couple things that I tossed in just sort of throughout to kind of like nod to the fact that, you know, I think these are bad arguments. Mm-hmm. And and you humanize. I mean, just the little league baseball thing. Like it, it, it's like that could be your neighbor. Like that could be you know you. Yeah. You know, like the, you did little league baseball when you were a kid. Your dad taught you yeah. little league baseball because his dad taught him, and and it's all the way back. Yeah, and and also like it's showing that's like like I mean, not that I'm the best example because it's you know it's a white immigrant. Like it's there's some parts of this that are not you know th- this is not the but it's like. Uh, my, like the, this, uh, this is just a per, like, this is, they're like you, <laughs> you know, like there's some element is like, yeah, you yeah. know how, like, you know, you're dead. Like, it's like, there's no, they're not different. They're people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think part of it was just showing that too, that like, as I'm ranting against my own father, which is absurd to some extent, like it's, um, yeah, it's kind of showing that play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's your story too. Like it's your dad. So if right, anybody right. says, Hey, you can't, you can't do that. Talk about my own dad. What do you, what do you mean? Unless of course yeah. it's your dad's best friend, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Cause like, yeah, my, like people who know my dad, like, you know, family and whatever, saw the bit like, they're like, ah, yeah, you really got him. Like, you know, like their, their view on it was just like that. It was fun that I was talking trash about my dad. Like they, <laughs> they, you know, like they didn't, I don't think they really broke it down to the level we are. They're like, ah, I got him with the Snape apnea thing. That's great. Like it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it was kind of like that. Cause like yeah. Italians are, um, culturally speaking, great ball busters. Historically speaking. Yes. They're great ball busters. <laughs> Uh, and and the, the humanizing of it, like uh, that's that's what I like the most because the the argument itself is is absurd to me. It's like I I've been trying to work on a bit where it's just like yeah, we are literally the only intelligent species in the entire universe that we know of. So why are we getting mad at because somebody doesn't look like us? Like it's such an absurd conversation. I want in 20 years to not have to do a podcast episode about this. I don't want anybody to have to do a podcast episode about this because they realize the absurdity of this argument where it's like somebody who isn't like me rather than, than making that judgment and and making statements and reacting with fear uh, instead reacts with curiosity and, and questions and, you know, how can I help that, that sort of altruistic mentality, but I live in a, a optimistic pipe yeah. dream. <laughs> so, you know, to yeah. me, your, your bit is a step in that direction. And so, Oh, good. <laughs> I, I think it. what we're saying is that my bit solved xenophobia. hundred percent. Everybody needs to listen to it. <laughs> Put yourself in those shoes. 
All right. Uh, and then the, the last part of the, uh, the second half of the bit, um, Jeremy, if you want to go ahead and play the next track and then we'll, uh, we'll quickly just talk about the statement that you're making here. I should have been more prepared. Sorry. That's the beginning of the bit is Jeremy yeah. whispering. <laughs> I, I was not ready prepared. for this next track on the album. I do <laughs> love this bit. I, I got to listen to it and it was, uh, pretty good. Yeah, we'll see why. But there's people in this country right now who really do actually hate immigrants. And I just think that's so sad, you know, especially given our history as a country. Nobody in America should hate immigrants except Native Americans. They have like an airtight case. (laughs) How could they not hate people who arrive at the country? But to be fair, like that wasn't Mexicans, right? That wasn't Muslims. White people, by far the worst immigrants. This is how fucked up the white mentality is. And I might not be the right spokesperson for this. <laughs> but we wrote a song called This Land is Your Land, where the second line is, This land is my land. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the whitest song ever written. I'm including Toby Keith, okay? It's like, listen, this land is your land, this land is my land. Who's to say? (laughs) Whose land it is? Messed up. Uh, All right, where where did that uh, where did that part of the bit come from? Was that always after uh, the the previous? Yeah, I was pretty much doing that after. I mean, I guess there were probably times when I broke it off separately, but like, yeah, for the most part, just sort of coming after talking about that idea. um, I think it mostly. I mean. Yeah, it sort of, I guess it just sort of struck me like the idea of people coming to a country. Um, so when I started thinking about, you know, like I'm essentially saying like we're a country of immigrants, um, but even that has like an element of, um, I just want to acknowledge that also, you know, we're like historically the like the worst at this. Like actually, like, you know, we didn't just take someone's job like, which also is a bad art, but like, you know, the, the, the idea that's like, we were the worst immigrants, uh, as you know, white people. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, and just kind of, and then I, when I, when I got that, uh, the song thing that was, I was like, okay, this is good. Like this, this works as a line. And I don't think people saw exactly where it was going. Like they might've right. got the direction, but I think the, the punchline lands quickly and, and avoids like people kind of knowing where I'm going. Um, so yeah, the, 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 those are like the two bits I was just trying to like kind of tag onto But when I, when I listen back to this bit and I know this isn't quite what you guys dis- discuss, but like the live recording of, of this was a nightmare uh, this particular <laughs> bit because at the late show, because I, you know, you record two shows, right? Mm-hmm. And that way, if something goes wrong, so like, luckily, like it, it came together okay on the album because I was able to like switch from one show to the other, or like cut out the part in the middle of this where there was a very drunk guy who fell asleep during the show, like an old guy, and yeah, wasn't my dad. <laughs> But an older guy in the back, I don't know why he was there. It was very weird because the crowd was like mostly like young people drinking, whatever. Very old guy in the back falls asleep, which like I didn't know and wasn't a problem. Um, but then at some point, 
and that point was like part, like halfway through this bit, he starts having night terrors. And so, ah, wow. And so he starts, he'll, he, he's like waking up and going like, like, and then going back to like, so I don't like, I hear some commotion. I don't know what's going on. And then the venue starts like taking this guy out of the, you know, like kicking him out. But he was so drunk. It wasn't like he was a guy, like he wasn't fighting it, but he also could barely walk. So he like in the middle of this bit, I had to pause and wait for like a 60 something, 70 year old man to be like, like, you know, like a war, like somebody helps somebody out of a war. If their like leg has been shot, like he's yeah. got like two arms over each piece, like being literally like helped out of the venue. Um, <laughs> and so there is a, yeah, you don't hear that in the, in the album recording, but every time I listen back to this bit, I'm like, it triggers in me like reliving, like, how am I going to get this punchline to land? Yeah. Cause so it- I like, I stopped, let it happen and kind of got the crowd back a little bit and then get back into the bit. And then we were able to cut out that part in the middle. Mm. But yeah, it was a, whenever I hear this bit, like uh, whenever, when I heard that, you know, the album recording, I was just like put right back there. Like, Oh God damn it. What is happening? (laughs) The little uh, behind the scenes director commentary there on the bit. Right. Man, that's, that's like, how do you, especially a bit like this, like that takes listening, that takes, you're also getting uh, serious for a minute. Yeah. You know, so it's like to like get that moment. It was, yeah, there was a couple of things during the live recording that were like uh, tough. I, that was a, definitely a lesson I learned was like, you know, uh, live, like live recording an album is still, it's still, it's still live. I mean, you're recording mm-hmm. and you can add, but it's like things can go wrong and they do. Um, but yeah. But yeah, to your question, like, uh, or, uh, yeah, th- those are the, those are sort of the two parts of this bit that I was like trying to get across was like the, the Native American angle, which I think is really interesting. And then, uh, and then just the dumb song. I mean, pa- like the, the, I was trying to take something patriotic and just point out like, like, <laughs> I know, love another layer to this. I love this bit. And here comes the big reveal. Uh, I'm actually half Native American. Hey, half nice. Arab. So it's like, <laughs> I kind of get a little bit of both of like, you know, half of my lineage has been here the whole time. And the other half immigrated here yeah. uh, from Lebanon. So uh, I love this bit because immediately in my head, it opened up a whole new avenue of how to rethink uh certain aspects of being native American in this country. Like the first thing I wrote down after hearing this bit was we built the the wall in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. Like the wall shouldn't yeah. be on the Mexican border. The wall should be on, it should have been on Ellis Island, keeping all these white immigrants out. <laughs> right. Keeping my people out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause at least, you know, we're closer related to the Mexicans. So we're yeah. like practically cousins. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. That's, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 And this he, land is, is this misleading. land is your land. This land is my land. I love that. That's so brilliant. Like the whole bit's the, so good. Thank you. The whispering of this, this land is my land. Like <laughs> that really shifts the context of the song 
you don't even change the words. Like, no, you just, yeah, it's just the intonation. Yeah. And well, also I'm setting it up. Pri- like I couldn't do it with, you know, I'm talking about it before. So mm-hmm. like you you get what I'm, when I bring it up, the native Americans, if you do that, but then when you say it, they're like that context of it, um, which is funny. Cause it's not a context that doesn't already exist. Right. Right. Like I'm not like really bending over backward, you know, to point out like the origins of the country that we're proud of and singing this song about <laughs> yeah. is, and then, the, and then that when I do at the end, when I go like, I mean, who's Lynn? Who's to say it is, then it becomes kind of like a, it was like a way to cloud. Like the song is a way to cloud it. Like this land is your, like it's this land is my land. Like it's whose land is like, that's a uh, sort of like making it like a, I almost think of that voice as being like an Italian guy, like a, <laughs> yeah. sort of like a mobster guy, like who, like whose land is it though? Like, you know, yeah. just doing that kind of thing. Yeah. You could, you could do that with that same line over and over again and say so many different things uh, without changing any of the, any of the, the lyrics. Oh my to God. It. How funny would it be that like a native American would be like, Hey, Paisan, go back to your country. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, they just didn't have any good insults. That's what that's their that yeah. was where they fell short. We should have been better ballbusters. That's what yeah. really <laughs> that was the downfall for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the the setup to this joke too, um, it's a little bit lengthier. And yeah. and you know, I mean you 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 said you you state what's been stated ad nauseum about, you know, Native Americans have an airtight case uh that we're the worst immigrants. Um, but like you pepper in little punches throughout the setup to kind of ease the tension as you build the tension to get to the, to the song, uh, which again, that's a great framing of completing the argument here. Um, did you try any other ways to like frame the argument, uh, other than that song? Uh, no. And to be clear, like, I, I think the way you're saying this is like, it's not, I get what you're saying, uh, but it's kind of not the way I think about things. Like when I'm writing, like I don't go like, how do I frame this argument? I found a funny punchline <laughs> with this land is your land. This land. I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like a, you know, it's like, it's like magic trick. Like I'm like, Ooh, I got a good thing. Like I'm, I have no integrity as a, uh, no, that is the- as an arguer. I'm just like, I have a good punchline here. I have a good punchline here. How do I remove everything in between and make it keep making sense? Or can I add another fun? Like I am purely, I think people think about things differently because there is a way to do it where you can come, you can, I'm not to say you can't create comedy from like an argument and then putting the, but like, I just don't do it. I'm like, I'm just, Oh, I found something. I found a good piece here. And I'm just purely trying to make the, um, try to get from one thing to another have it make sense. And if I can add a funny part, but even if, uh, if something that helps the argument or, or like makes my position like, you know, or like whatever is not as funny as the thing that's there, it's gone. I don't, uh, yeah, I have no integrity as like a person building an argument. Uh, I just am trying to get from punchline to punchline, uh, that way. So like, I wasn't even thinking of like, this as an argument, like when I was doing it, like in my, I go like song punchline is probably going to be where it lands. Native American turn helps me get there. 
you know, that punch like, and like, I'm just trying to make the parts that get it there funnier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. Okay. Way to yeah, use Native yeah. Americans as a way to get to where you want to go. Sorry, say that again. Say way to use Native Americans again to get to where you want to go. <laughs> you guys are simply a means to an end for me as the white person. And uh, I want to thank uh, you and all Native Americans for no, being a stepping stone. I love that. Uh, I love that approach to writing comedy. Like I think too often that as most comedians get caught up on what is the messaging of whatever it is they're talking about. And they forget that they're supposed to be funny first. Yeah, and I think you're. By the way, from- I don't want to throw uh, David. I think I know what I know where you were going with that. It wasn't yeah. like uh, I didn't mean to be like David. You're thinking about comedy all. It's like it just. It was just <laughs> the way you took it. It was yeah. just the way you phrased the question. But like I know what you were uh, what you were asking. But yeah, I do. I do think sometimes people get hung up or, or just it's different. The people have different processes too. Like I don't. Yeah. I'm very. I was. Ta- I, I say I was taught, but like it wasn't like you know I had a teacher. Like it was like when I was coming up older guys were around like, so, you know, you were having conversations, whatever, but to me, it's just about like so many people get like, they, they see a really good comic. This is what I think a pitfall is. You see a really good comic who is being funny and saying something interesting in the realm of an argument. Like it's, they're saying something that's like meaningful or like, or makes a good point or whatever. And I think they think, Oh, well, that's, I want to do that. So I'll like start t- like trying to find ways to be interesting and t- whatever. And it's like, not that that's not important, but it's the way easier thing to do. In my opinion, the way harder thing to do is to like, just find the funniest things and then dress it up like an argument almost. Or like, I guess there are times when I'm like, I want to be talking sort of about this but everything that doesn't have, you know, if I don't find anything that really pops in that vein, it's gone. Um, and I'm mostly just searching for, sort of blindly searching for a punchline that hits. Um, and then taking out everything else. Yeah, I, I do it both ways. I yeah. always have to remind myself to avoid that. It's like, no, you need like, the, a lot of my arguments start, I find a funny punchline. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, I'm going to build an argument around this. And then that punchline loses its umph. And then right. I cut all the fat and then the and then it's back again. And I found a yeah. tag or I found yeah. something else. It's yeah. just a process that I kind of have to work through and make those discoveries through the, the arduous process of, of, uh, of cutting and, and yeah. Weirdly, yeah. weirdly, it's the only part. I don't say, I shouldn't say the only part. One of the only parts of comedy that I enjoy is, like new thing fiddling. I love to fucking fiddle with things. And some people I feel like hate that. They're like, Oh, I love the, they love the pure discovery of like, I found the punch. Like I found something that makes people laugh. And there's people who go on stage and they're like, I'm just going to kind of talk and then see what, and I like, I don't do that at all. Like I, I find a funny thing. And then I'm very like, I, I love the process of fiddling ad nauseum with it. Um, I think that's why, honestly, like, I mean, it took me a little, it took me a a while before I put out my first album. And one of the reasons is I just fiddle with the fuck, like, 
And I try to like, there is a point now where I have like, uh, I'm looking at this like board over to my left, but like I have like columns and I'm like, I do try to put it over in the right column when it's pretty much done and be like, all right, Brian, just, you know, cut the shit. Like it's, it's, it's there. Um, but yeah, I, I love doing that process. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's cliche to say, you know, love the process, but really that is comedy is about the process. Like it's just a never ending process of tweaking and rewriting and, and performing and learning and doing it all over again. Yeah. Or just taking something so silly or obscure in and of itself and then having it be kind of like, um, there is kind of like this message behind like the, the ravioli bit, like that's really funny, but it's kind of a dig on what you're talking about. Like I have this bit about how, uh, I, I'm afraid of ants because I'm being Native American. I'm afraid of anything that colonizes. And then, like, then I go, you know, you're probably thinking to yourself, Jeremy, how did you know that those were colonizing ants? And I say because they spoke in English accents. Right, right. But that's so silly and obscure. But it, you know, it's, and it's my way of talking about something that is somewhat serious to me, but in such a, a weird, silly way to put it to bring this idea to you. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, I think anytime you're just uh, saying something that's like, obviously not like, I think people get too hung up on like, I'm going to, I'm going to really talk about like, some people can pull this off. I'm going to really talk about who I am. I'm going to keep everything. Like there's never going to be anything that's not like real. Yeah. Actual. And it's like, there's so much fun in the silly realm uh, with just saying things that are just well, you know, blatantly under, like, you know, like an ant talk to you in an accent. Like, um, yeah, I, I love, uh, I love taking it outside of the realm of just like what, what is. Right. No one's like, wait a minute. That's yeah. not. <laughs> hey, no ant talk to you. Well, I, I feel like people are too hung up on, there's a difference between being like true and being like honest. Like, I think you can be honest without being true. And it's like, you don't want to be, Dishon, you don't want to be doing, you know, I remember there was like, yeah, there's been comedies, comics who like, you find out like they're like, it's like, wait a second, you're not, <laughs> you're lying blatantly about who you are. Like, it's like, you don't want to be doing that. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I but, mean, it doesn't, it depends on how serious the lie is. Like, uh, I have cancer. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the, that's the person I'm thinking about in my head was doing jokes as if they had cancer. You don't want to be doing that. Right. But like, yeah, like it doesn't need to be like, you know, fiddle with whatever the thing is to make the joke work. Who, you know, who cares uh, whether it's all exactly accurate? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause my advice, a lot of the times, sometimes I always say like, it doesn't have to be true. It just has to be funny. I'm right now really, really rethinking that stance considering like if, yeah, if somebody's going up there and saying like, Oh, I have cancer or, uh, you know, my dad died during nine 11. And then we go and find out his dad's still alive. And wow. It's like, why the fuck would you lie about something like that? Like, yeah. sure. It could have been funny, but the fact that it's yeah. not true makes it now not funny at all. Yeah. So those are real. Those are sort of like outliers. I think most people, <laughs> most comedy lying is like, you didn't really go on a date with that girl. <laughs> Right. 
yeah. it's a lot yeah. of people who don't go on dates talking well, about dating. On depends on who talk, the woman you know, like, is. What's that? Depends on who the woman is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the statute yeah. of limitations on. So I was at the store the other day. Like, or like, this, uh, we know this happened. You've been telling this joke. For I went on years. a date with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> what a reference. Brian, uh, if you could give any advice to a comic uh, who is working on uh, trying to to put together a bit about like immigration, uh, how would you uh, point them in the right direction? I mean, I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just like I I don't know. How, like. Yeah, I could probably no fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. You figure <laughs> yeah. it out. No, I guess I just like to me, right? Part of the whole thing is that, like, uh, I'm sure that people who are putting together a bit about immigration, especially if they are immigrant, like, I would never, you know, it's like I don't know, talk about your shit, talk about your experience. Like, it's it's sort of like there's not a um, there's not a you know there's not a way to talk about this stuff. I don't think. I, I mean, I would caution a new comic who is doing a bit about immigration to be like, you know, like what, like who's, what do you say? Like, is what you're saying, do you really feel that way? Cause I think some people get, you know, so I've heard really bad ones where yeah. like, it's just racist jokes dressed up as immigration jokes. Right. Like I have heard those. Um, so I, you know, if someone's new, it's always like, you know, talk from your experience. Don't, you know, think about what you're actually like after you come up with something funny, like, is this something that, people haven't already said like what i don't know just think about your stuff think about it think yeah. about the jokes you're telling <laughs> how can you make this yours not great advice yeah but like I, yeah i don't think there's any overall because i'm doing it one way but i've seen it done many other ways that are funny too um yeah all right and then uh if anyone you know uh, were, were to say you can't laugh at, at immigration um how would you counter that argument like if you were in a conversation with somebody Oh, uh, I, I probably would just, uh, leave. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't I like, know. like who is this part? Like, who can yeah. like, I don't, do I have to talk to this person? I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I would, I, to me, I, I think the idea of your, I mean, the, the way you've stated it is sort of that anything can be, fun. what's the name of the show again? Sorry. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think that anything can be funny. I mean, also counterpoint, anything can be wildly unfunny and offensive. Uh, so like, you know, uh, I think it just depends on like how you do it, but I mean, there's so many good, I feel like there's lots of good stuff about, um, lots of good immigration related material. A lot of it comes, I think a lot of it comes from immigrants. Um, you know, like I have seen jokes about immigration. I don't like, uh, for sure. So you could do those too. But um, yeah, there's definitely, there's room. I mean, it's a whole uh, group of people who like have like part of their experience is this thing. Um, so yeah, it would be wild to say you can't do jokes about uh, immigration. Um, so yeah, I would probably just uh, avoid that person entirely. I would say uh, follow me at David Horning. Uh, I would say... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that you make that point, like, just, just like you can laugh at anything. Like there are, there are bounds to like, there are 
anything can be wildly unfunny just yeah. to, in the same way. Uh, I mean, yesterday was was 9-11 and like people, I saw so many hack jokes yeah. on Twitter and it's yeah. like, at least make it funny. Like you can laugh at it. We, we know that over the last 20 years, we've seen it. We've laughed about it, but not like that. Like you know. I mean, it's also, I don't, there's this compulsion. I think it's almost like, uh, yeah, like community, like certainly I have to, it's like, you don't have to do, <laughs> maybe you like the challenge or whatever, but it's not, to me, I've never been like, you know, who's a really great comedian is that comedian who he's got a joke about rape and nine 11 and it's, you know, and black, like he's, he's just doing all the things that you, you can't, you think you can't do. Like there's that lame, Ooh, I said it yeah. element in comedy, which is like, oh, like who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, just, are you fun? Like do just do funny. Like do whatever you find funny. Like it, it doesn't, you don't need to do, you don't need to always, if your thing is that you're pushing the envelope, like to me, that's very lame. Like if you end up pushing the envelope by doing what you want to do and being funny, like, okay, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. It gets kind of taxing when, uh, comedy becomes this like political debate, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. this stance of like social issues and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be that. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Don't push the envelope just to push the envelope. If you have a reason why you're doing it, like then, then I I can pass that. Like that's okay to me. Uh, but yeah. if you're just doing it to do it, it's you're, you're just like the guy who's like chiming in to try to be funny uh, because he wants to be part of the conversation. It's like, that doesn't. Right. And if like, if you're, um, it's like, if, it's like the perfect example would be like, uh, you know, the nine 11 thing, uh, 20th anniversary just happens like you're posting it like on 9-11 like if it was just a fun if you just had a really funny 9-11 idea or joke you could post it uh in may <laughs> like yeah you know like it's, it's part yeah. of this does feel like it's like let me be let me pick like let me get it's like poking at people to get a reaction and it's like yeah. okay like well you did it Wow. Yeah. You, you, who could have, who, what bravery it takes? You know, it's like, fucking, <laughs> you know, to, to repost a tweet. It's like, oh, God, get over yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, the argument is like, is it really funny if the joke isn't evergreen? You know, like, if you can't do that joke and so, you know, a, a joke on like it being 9 11 in July, then it's probably not that good of a joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are jokes that are kind of funny that like involve violence, but it's like, do they need to happen when people, you know, this whole day, the whole idea is that it's like a day to remember, but I don't know. It just feels like a weird, I would never, I have no um, impulse to ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not super judgy usually about comedy. It's like, you know, there's certain things it's like, I don't know. Just do you have like, Okay. It's like, why do you like explore why you want to do this? <laughs> Think about it. Like why, what makes you feel like to me, the point of comedy is to kind of like share stuff with people to make them laugh. I don't know. Uh, it just, it just feels like a weird, there are certain things and and that are like, I, I think people do them cause they just want to poke at people and get like, they want to be yelled at. 
And then they want to be like, oh, my comedy soul, good people yelling at me. So, folk, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Just, like, get attention from someone else. Like, get friends. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Just get friends. <laughs> Just get a fucking, you know, do do something else. Well, odds yeah. are good. The, the people who are talking about are the ones who have friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, like, the funniest person in their friend group. It's like, if you have friends and are a well-adjusted individual, then you have no need to be a comedian. Just <laughs> <laughs> go be funny in front of your fans. That is a fair point. All right. Um, Brian, where could we find you on social media? And uh, um, do you have anything you want to plug? Sure, yeah. I'm at, so I'm at, uh, at Parisi Comedy. Um, so that's P-A-R-I-S-E comedy. Uh, and I'm, I'm there both on Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I haven't, I'm not very active on Twitter, but I am on Instagram a fair bit posts. I post videos on there sometimes and I post where I'm going to be, uh, playing as well. So I would say, check me out on there and, uh, and I'll post, I post where I'm, you know, where I'm at. Uh, so come out and see a show sometime. All right. That was Brian Parisi. Uh, Jeremy, anything you want to add? I have a show at Gunzelman's Tavern, September 19th. Uh, be there or be square. Dave, you're on that show. I am on that show. Fly in <laughs> Dave, did you know that? You Before, did you yeah. know that or did he just book you just then? I just got <laughs> That's cast. how I do it. This Dave, so you're exciting. on that show. You should know. Dave, you're going to be on that show. You're going to show yeah, up. And I'll be COVID free. I'm taking a test tomorrow to make sure that it's gone. Um, you're going to show up. You're going to be charming. Yes. Well, you do I don't know. maybe Warning I'm going to get up there and try to be funny. I got some 9 11 <laughs> jokes that I'm really aching to. <laughs> they won't land. <laughs> aching to tell. That's the, right, that's the uh, problem with 9 11 jokes. They never land. Ugh. We're editing that. <laughs> please. Please. The best 9 11 joke that I. Oh, God. Uh, the best 9-11 joke that I saw yesterday was a, it was a six degree of Kevin Bacon joke, actually, uh, disguised as a 9-11 joke. And if you could take a topic like that or like immigration and prove that you can laugh at it, then you've got a place on our podcast. So, Brian, I appreciate you uh, joining us today to, to help prove that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. And uh, that'll do it for this episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure, if you haven't already, to rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you get your episodes of You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you share with your friends. Like us and follow us on social media. We're at You Can't Laugh at That on Facebook and You Can't Laugh Pod on Twitter. On Instagram, you can follow the David Horning. That is my personal Instagram account where I post any things you can't laugh at that that I don't post on Facebook or Twitter. Make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. You'll get access to special bonus footage that we cut from the main episode because not not because it's bad, but because it just doesn't fit the theme of the episode. We want to keep these episodes within an hour and 20 minutes or so. Otherwise, we'd run the light big time. We don't want that. So make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. $5 a month gets you access to all the bonus footage. $10 a month gets you access to you can't laugh at you can't laugh at that, which is a series that we will be starting in September of 2021, where we will go back 
through each one of our episodes and talk about what we learned and how we've used some of that in our own comedy to prove that you can laugh at that. So, yeah, that's really it. Thanks again for listening to our episode, and we hope that you found a way to laugh at that. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.